Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and His Word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. The title of this message is Disciples Make Decisions. Disciples Make Decisions. <laughs> As part of your discipleship process, I'm going to read 49 verses. That's a lot. So if you need to go to the restroom, this would be a perfect time. When you come back, I will still be reading the Bible. Uh, but, but I want to read, uh, I want to, why would you read 49 verses? Uh, can't you just sum it up? Well, first of all, we're in church, and so we read the Bible. That's number one. Uh, number two, there, there, is a, there is a context and a tone that I think you need to have to what Jesus is communicating in John chapter number six. This is actually my favorite uh, discipleship uh, uh, verse to go to, actually chapter uh, to go to because of uh, how potent it is. So uh, we're going to start at the 22nd verse, but just let me give you a recap of uh, chapters, uh, I'm sorry, verses one through 21. Uh, Jesus feeds the 5,000, okay? Everybody's happy because they all got fed. Uh, Then uh, Jesus walks on water, After he walks on water, he goes to the other side of the lake. He is now on the other side of the lake on on the next day, uh, and he is in the synagogue, and the people come to find him. But I just want you to hear his tone as we kind of go through this. Here's what it says, starting from the 22nd verse. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that the disciples had uh, had taken the only boat, and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had, pl- had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into boats and went across to Capernaum uh, to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. Well, good morning to you, too, Jesus. (laughs) We're happy to see you. (laughs) And your response is, I tell you the truth. Only reason why you're here, because I fed you. Man. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. That's pretty easy. Here's the only thing he wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, uh, now, see, that's why I want to take my time through the whole thing, right? We're just going to go on a journey. Um, I, he just fed y'all. And you want to see something else? Isn't that just like, I know what you did last year, God. What else? Consumer generation. What else? Consumer-minded, what is it in, what's in it for me? You gave me breakfast yesterday, lunch, you got dinner today, what are you going to do? He goes, after all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I'll tell you the truth, 
Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. Clap back. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. However, those the father has uh, those the father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me not to do my own will. And this is the will of God that I should not lose even one of all those he has given to me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my father's will that all Uh, who see his son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. Then the people began to murmur in disagreement because they said, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his daddy. We know his father and mother. How can he say I came down from heaven? Jesus replied, stop complaining about what I said. Man, Jesus, what you, did you have you eaten today? Why are you so, I don't, why are you so mad? For no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. As it is written in the scriptures, uh, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has ever seen the father. Only I who was sent from God have seen him. I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, here it comes. This is where it turns. Oh, my goodness. Get ready for it. Uh, Which I will offer to the world may live is my flesh. Starts getting awkward. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How, how, uh, how, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They asked. Then Jesus said, I tell you the truth. <laughs> See how many times he said this? Now, now, now these four words that, that set up verse 53. So Jesus said again. So he's about to reiterate this. I tell you the truth. Unless you eat my flesh. Eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. You cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in church. (laughs) Said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Uh, Many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining, so he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, this is why I said that people cannot come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. 
Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you going are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, uh, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, now now think about this. This is like an awesome thing to hear from your disciples, your original 12. Are are these extended set of disciples just left? Are you going to leave too? And Peter says, where are we going to go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. If somebody said that to me and I was, I would have been like, man, that's why I love y'all. Y'all are amazing. Here's Jesus' response. Then Jesus said, I chose the 12 of you, but one is a devil. <laughs> That's just not encouraging at all. Why are, you, why, why are you doing this? He was speaking of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, one of the 12, who would later betray him. Hope that wasn't too hard. 49 verses. We all got through it. We're still alive. Disciples make decisions. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Uh, Holy Spirit, help us to make the right decision. Amen. Um, I want to jump right into the points uh, with this message because I just read it to you. And uh, I want to just highlight uh, the, the things that I feel like uh, make disciples different from people that just go to church. Uh, Disciples are in a completely different category than just churchgoers. Uh, I love people that go to church. I love churchgoers because churchgoers have the opportunity to become disciples. Uh, So so there's no negative connotation when I say churchgoers. Uh, The the fact that you got up this morning and wanted to be here uh, uh, means that you are open to receive uh, what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. There are many people in here who are disciples of Jesus Christ. There are many people in here uh, who, who just go to church on Sunday. There are many people in here, maybe it's your first time, you're testing it out. You might not even believe uh, in God. Uh, you don't believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm just happy that you're here. Uh, so there is no fist waving. There is no railing uh, uh, when I use uh, the distinction of churchgoers um, uh, and disciples. But there is a distinction that is very, very important. And that is that, that Jesus' ultimate uh, goal is to make everyone that comes into a relationship with him a disciple. He does not intend to leave anyone at visitor or churchgoer. <laughs> he wants them to step into a relationship with him as a disciple. And here's the thing about Uh, this that is so important. Disciples make decisions. Now, I want you to uh, take note, point number one, uh, disciples don't always know. Disciples don't always know. When you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ and you start following him, uh, the thing that should liberate all of us in coming into a relationship with him and walking out life with him is that we don't always know what's going on. C- can anybody agree that's been saved more than two hours uh, that I'm walking with Jesus, but I can't honestly tell you since I've been walking with him, everything that he's doing. I'm following him by faith. 
I'm, I'm going in the direction that he wants me to go. I'm trying to submit to his way and his will in my life. But if you were to ask me point blank, hey, what exactly is God doing? I don't I don't I don't always I don't always know. IDK. I don't always know. Well, here's the thing you got to uh, thank God for. You don't have to. It should make you relax a little bit instead of having an answer for everything or, God forbid, making something up. You get to certain seasons in your life where I actually don't know what you're talking about or what you mean. Consider this now that Jesus is in the synagogue teaching this this group of people that he just fed, found them, a mega church full of people find him. 5,000, not including women and children, find out where he is. They, they pile up in there. They're listening to his teaching. They're like, hey, give us another miracle. I would love to see, see more of this. And, and he's like, you only came because I fed you and, and you don't really understand. Well, well, show us a miracle because our ancestor Moses, he brought down uh, manna from heaven. And he's like, yeah, uh, actually, that wasn't Moses. That was my dad. Uh, but nice try. And... Um, uh, furthermore, as, as he continues to kind of unwrap it, he goes, well, I'm that bread. Th- then, then he goes, not only am I that bread, because at this point, people were just like, OK, amen, metaphor. Mm, I, OK, following you. Keep going. You're bread. And, you know, and then he's like, well, well, yeah, I am that bread uh, and you have to feed on me. OK, maybe the teachings of the law, maybe the Torah. Still kind of with you. Feed on the word. We're close to Passover. You're reading from Exodus, uh, 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 Exodus 15, uh, 1 through 15. And so, um, so yeah, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm with you so far. And he's like, no, 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 you have to eat me. And then they're like, I, mm, I'm not sure. I'm sorry, what, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, if you don't eat my flesh... And drink my blood, you won't be my disciple. There's no amens coming from the congregation anymore. There's not even a head nod. People are like, mm-mm. This doesn't bear witness with my spirit. I like turkey and fish. And occasionally I like my beef. Rare. But um, your flesh, though? I'm, I'm not into that. Here's how I know Jesus is like not in the mood to grow churchgoers. Like that's the wrong message if you're trying to build a church. Like if you're trying to start a ministry, that's not the you don't preach. And to tell you the side of my message is eat me. Like you don't, you don't. Everybody's like, and I'm out. I just. Who says this? Not just once and it's implied and you kind of squint your eyes and you're like, "Mm, let me just stick with this. He says it seven times. If you don't feed on me, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, just in case you're not confused or or don't know it yet, if you don't eat my flesh and drink, he says it seven times and everybody's like, "Mm mm-mm. And they start kind of, getting a little antsy, 
And then here's the thing that this would mortify any pastor anywhere. If you're in the middle of preaching a sermon and you're passionate and then like two thirds of the church just get up. They didn't wait for the benediction and wait for the altar call. Could you imagine if I'm preaching a sermon right now and everyone except 12 people gets up and walks out while I'm still teaching? Here's the thing. Jesus is not bothered at all. This is this flies in the face of what every other pastor would do. Because they would be like, whoa, 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 that's not, hold on. That's not what I meant. Stay with me. Haven't got to the end yet. I'm going to tie this all back up. No, he throws it out there and just stands there. Deal with it. Everyone doesn't know what to do with what he just said. And most people that don't know what to do, if they're really not committed to Jesus, but they're more committed in the stuff he does, the moment it gets confusing, they leave. The moment it's not convenient, they leave. The moment that it does not uh, uh, sit well with them, they leave. And as they all leave, Jesus turns to his original 12, the people he started the church with, and he goes, are are you all going to leave too? And they're like, no, we're not going to leave. But point number one, here's what I want you to understand. Disciples don't always know. There are times in your life where, where, where Jesus is doing something in your life, There is something happening in your life. He's spoken something into your life. You have no idea what it means. And you have a decision to make as to whether you will continue to follow him without knowing. Or you walk away saying, because I don't understand what you just said, this relationship is over. Disciples don't always know. Point number two, write this down. Disciples can choose to leave. I I, I love this. (laughs) Uh, This is John chapter 6, verse 66. Anybody scared? (laughs) Good. Because religion doesn't work. I remember when I was studying for this, and it was uh, John 666, 666. I just kind of giggled. Because that was like a thing in church back in the day. It was like 666, mark of the peace. If you were driving and your triple odometer says 666, you just slammed it real quick. Devil is a lie. 667. Oh, Jesus, we're back. <laughs> it's, just, it's just humorous to me. It's, just, it's John 6, 6, 6. It's just right there. It's fantastic. Disciples can choose to leave. Now, now this is a, this, this could make some people tense up. But, but Jesus says, follow me. He doesn't say, you better follow me. He gives us a choice. It's not a relationship if you don't have a choice. And you have to be very secure in who you are to give people a choice. 
You have to be secure in what you're called to do to give people a choice. And Jesus says to this huge group, listen, here's what it takes to be my disciple. Now you have a choice. A bunch of thousands of people walk away when given the choice. And Jesus goes, okay. He doesn't chase after them. He doesn't try to woo them back. I I think that's one of the things that I love. This scripture has anchored me as a senior pastor because I believe God builds his church. Jesus is the one that started the church. He builds the church. So, 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 So I think I'm just free to just preach the word of God. And there's people that come to the church. Uh, since we started in September 15, there's been people that have come. There's been people that have left. It's fine because it's their decision. This is one of many churches in Irving, let alone the, there's thousands of churches in the Metroplex. DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth, is the most churched Metroplex in the United States of America. We are not lacking churches. And I'm not saying ours is the best one. We're still trying to get our sound straight. And that's no knock on the sound team. Y'all are doing an excellent job. You know I love y'all. I'm talking about the building. I ain't talking about y'all. We're going to get it together. But here's the thing. If somebody comes to this church, if you're visiting today, you came to the church and you're like, eh, eh, mm, I don't like it. Urban Bible Church is less than five minutes away. You can be at another church less than five minutes from here. You can be at another church before you get food. Before you can find a breakfast place, you can find another church. Our dear friends, uh, uh, Pastor Sonia and, and uh, Kevin Dickerson, have a church off 183 called Dayspring. It's a great church. I'm not concerned about who stays and who goes. I'm concerned about the people that have made a decision to Jesus. You don't have to make a decision to the church. You can pick a church. Are you committed to Jesus? If you're committed to Jesus, then you can find a church that's your flavor. And this church may be your flavor and it may not. Just don't leave church. Don't leave Jesus. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't leave Jesus. You can leave a church. Don't leave Jesus. Thank you, mommy. These people didn't leave this synagogue. They left Jesus. They didn't walk away because you know, I don't like the worship and I don't like the way he teaches. I'm, I like more theology and he's a little bit more on the humor side and I don't know. That's a preference. They didn't leave a church. They left the builder of the church. And this is the thing that staggers my brain. He let them walk. That's scary to me. That's sobering to me, especially when he would turn to his original 12 and ask, do you all want to go too?" <laughs> how, how do you get two billion people to believe in a man who's really not concerned with if you like his message or not? You have to be secure in who you are. And trust me, Jesus is very secure <laughs> in who he is. Point number three, write this down. 
Disciples can choose to stay. It's John 6, 68. Disciples can choose to stay. If you can choose to leave, you can choose to stay. And if you choose to stay, what you are saying is, and I love it, I love how Peter answers this question, where can we go? Verse 68, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. Now, now, here's what I love. I want you to hear what Peter didn't say. All right, so I was fishing one day. You showed up, asked if you could borrow my boat. I let you borrow my boat, you could preach. After you borrowed my boat uh, and you preached your message, then you said, hey, let's go out to catch some fish. Uh, I was like, look, we've been out all night because that's when you fish. And then you told me, let's just go out anyway. So in broad daylight, when the fish would never come and swim into a net, we go out and I catch more fish than I've ever caught in my entire life. Okay, Uh, let alone the fact that you called me out on the water and I was walking on water. Uh, Let alone the fact that I saw you uh, do these miracles, five uh, 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 five loaves of bread, two fish, you fed all these people. Um, where, they, they need to see another miracle. I don't. Where else are we going? Where else am I going to go? You, listen, you had me at hello. <laughs> Old reference to a movie. Never mind. Um, I've seen enough. So it doesn't matter where This walk takes me. I don't have anywhere else to go. If you never did anything else, there's no other place to go for me. If I don't get another promotion, if I don't get another house, if I don't get another car, if I don't get anything that we categorically uh, label as a blessing from you, based on what I've already known and experienced, I'm staying right here. Now, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no clue what you're talking about. Don't get me wrong, okay? I still know what this flesh uh, eating is all about. I don't have that sorted out yet. But I'm not leaving you. If I really got to eat you. I mean, I think that's going to be a little gross. But I'm going to just have to thug through it because I'm. I'm not sure at this stage in my life. uh, I'm not sure I can have my life without you in it. And that's a decision. Hear me, that's not a feeling. A feeling is, I don't feel like going to church today. I'm tired. That's a feeling. That's not, that's not the fact. <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, that message was, uh, that wasn't my favorite message. Uh, worship didn't hit it like I needed it to be hit this weekend. I don't know if I'm going back. I'm going to give him a few weeks to try to figure it out. 
the decision outweighs the feeling. Not just on the weekends, but every day. I don't feel like getting up and reading my Bible. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like having some devotion time with the Lord. The fact has to outweigh the feeling. Or you'll just be tossed back and forth any way the wind blows. They chose to stay. And because they chose to stay, brings me to point number four. They got their revelation. Point number four, disciples get the revelation. Here's what it says in verse 69. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Here's the implication. They don't know that. (laughs) All those people that just dismissed themselves from this church service, they have no clue of this. But we know it. We know it and we believe it. You're the Holy One of God. That's my revelation. I'm sticking with it. Now, uh, when Jesus says what he says to his disciples in this extended group of people, it is about 18 months, okay? Somewhere between uh, 17 uh, to 20 months. So I'm just going with uh, 18 uh, from the time uh, that this revelation actually unfolds. So I just want you to think about this. For 18 months after Jesus preaches this message, Somewhere in the back of his disciples' mind, as they're following him, day in, day out, seeing these miracles, seeing stuff that's going on, here's a nagging thought in the back of their mind. We're going to have to eat him. I don't know when. I don't know why I said, Lord, we sticking with you. Then he starts talking about, my hour is coming where the son of man must be crucified. And they're like, oh, God, we're going to have to eat him. He says, hey, uh, two of his disciples, go out into the city. You'll see a man uh, carrying a, uh, a pot of water on top of his head. Follow him to a house and ask him if the room is ready for us to have the last supper. They're like, oh, boy, it's... Hey, John, what's up, man? It's today. <laughs> what's today? We got we to eat him. This is what he was talking about, his body being broken, because I'm going to have to bite him. <laughs> when we come in there in the room, he's probably going to be laid out, just laying there. Yeah. I would go for the arm first if you, <laughs> you start at the foot. I'm going to start at his arm. They, they, they get in the room. <laughs> Jesus saw a jipper. Hey, glad you're here. It's our last supper. The Son of man must be poured out. Oh, God. <laughs> Here's what I want you to understand. He never clarified himself. For about 18 months, (laughs) he never said, you know, I wasn't literal when I said. So they have no clue. 
They don't have the privilege we have reading the text going, oh, he's talking about communion. They don't have a clue. There is no communion, right? They don't know. He sits down. He gets the bread. He breaks it. I want you to imagine the relief. <laughs> Blessed the bread. Thank you, Father. Breaks it, passes it out. He says, hey, take, eat. This is my body. What? Wait a minute. You wasn't really talking about, like, really eating you. You was talking about bread. Oh, mm. oh, that's good bread. That's good. It's unleavened. That, mm. It usually don't have no taste, but this bread tastes extra special today. Whew. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh man. I'm so glad it's this bread because we, <laughs> we was, we was going to eat you, man. Like, no, we were going to eat you. You was talking about this bread this whole time. We <gasps> Then he pours the wine. Take, drink, this is my blood. Oh, yes, this is great. Woo. Give me some more. This is great wine. I'm so happy right now. Took 18 months to get the revelation. Have you ever been in a season of your life where you've been so frustrated with God because he told you to do something or not to do something, go somewhere or not go somewhere, and you said, well, where else can I go? I guess I'll follow you. But the whole time there's a nagging thought in the back of your head that this is not going to come out good. And then you get the revelation, and the revelation is so powerful, it gives you amnesia to the doubt. I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that you may be in a season where you still have question marks. My exhortation to you is to make the decision to stay, because he'll give you the answer. It may not be when you want the answer. But he'll answer it for you. But let's just walk down the street a little bit further. Yeah, yeah, but I need to know now. I'm not, I can't take another step with you, Jesus, until I figure out right. I need this answered now. And he's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not answering. I'm not answering that now. Well, well, then I just can't go with you. And here's Jesus' response. Bye. It seems so rude. It seems antithetical. But you came to seek and save those that are lost. And you want a relationship with us. And God, you're madly in love with us. You said Jesus to die for us. And, and here's Jesus. I'm over here. Already came down. Already died. I'm over here. You can come this way. I'm not going to play tug of war with you. <laughs> you can make a cold, calculated decision to follow me. Uh, I've been... Uh, entertaining myself the last few weeks listening to um, agnostics and atheists uh, talk about how ridiculous our faith is. It's been very stimulating. I've loved it. Um, and uh, I've, I've heard their arguments about how foolish we are for believing in Jesus and, and how uh, really dumb we are and, and, and unenlightened we are. We're not clear thinkers. We're, we're, we're somehow... Uh, zombies that have been hypnotized to believe Jesus and we're all trapped into being here and 
drinking funny Kool-Aid and wearing funny clothes. And here's what I realized. Most people that believe in Jesus uh, get in an atmosphere like that, uh, and they're they're trying so hard to win an argument, uh, they forget how they came into the relationship. To the best of my knowledge, I don't believe there's anybody that was in here that stood on the debate floor and got debated out of their belief that God wasn't real, so therefore he must be. Everyone comes to Jesus the same way, by making a decision to place their trust and their faith in him. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. Some people are in here more intellectual than others. Others are more cerebral. Others are more imaginative. None of that matters. The the lowest common denominator that got us all in the same room on the same page is the fact that we placed our faith in Jesus Christ. That was a decision. If it was because they played the right song at the right time and had the right words, it will wear off. If it's because you came in on evangelism weekend when they were giving out free iPads, it will wear off. If it is because you were dating somebody that they like church and so you said you would go to church, that will wear off and y'all will break up. The only people that come to Jesus and stay with Jesus are those that have made a decision based on the Holy Spirit bringing them proof that he is alive. Disciples make decisions. Have you made yours? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.